0: and welcome to our listeners. My name is Chris Yelland and I'm an Energy Analyst and Managing Director at EE Business Intelligence. This is the last in a series of four podcasts brought to you by the Revigo Africa Energy Fund to build awareness on new investment opportunities in the renewable energy sector of sub-Sahara Africa. The Revigo Africa Energy Fund is listing on the JSE this year and is focusing on owning stakes in the portfolio of operating renewable energy assets, initially in South Africa, but then broadening across the sub-Saharan region. In Episode 1 of this podcast series, we explored the, the current renewable energy landscape in South Africa, while in Episode 2, we discussed what it takes to become a successful independent power producer. The third episode looked at where Rivigo has come from and where it is going. Today we are joined by Jarrett Heldenhase, head of South African Equity Capital Markets at Investec Bank, and Marius Tablanche, a corporate financial consultant at Investec Bank, as well as Ziad Sarang, the Chief Financial Officer of Revigo Fund Managers. To learn about investing in the Vigo Africa Energy Fund and in Yield COs in general. And how this compares to other social, environment, and governance investments. So, uh, Ziad, I wonder if you can start off by telling us what are yield co's and where do yield fit into the investment environment compared to, for example, real estate
1: investment trusts. Thank you, um, Chris. Yes, a yield co or yield company. Is a company that is formed to own operating assets that produce predictable cash flows, uh, primarily from long-term contracts. And in the Vigos case, this would be within the re- renewable energy space for investments in sub-Saharan Africa, where we've got long-term PPAs or power purchase agreements that are signed up with uh, very large utilities. And these type of investments. Uh, produce very stable cash flows such that they are predictable and all of those cash flows come down uh, through to dividends and distributions that are paid out to the individual investors in those energy companies. Yieldco's purchase uh, shares in those energy companies uh, and those dividends then flow through to those investors. So when you when you look at yield codes, what it does always produce for investors is a stable asset class producing uh, dividends uh, for, for over a long period of time that is quite predictable. And where does it fit in uh, within within the, the environment between our uh, investor environment? Uh, it, it fits really in between bonds, real estate investment trusts or REITs or property, property REITs. And, and from that perspective, they, they provide investors with an income-earning investment. Well, thank you for that. And uh,
0: now, if I may move on and ask this question of Manas. Uh, Manas, what are the attractions of a yield co in the current environment uh, that we're in? Uh, I'm now talking about uh, you know the environment of low rates and the search for yield. Uh, what are really the attractions of a yield co? yeah,
2: as, as Ziad eloquently put it previously, um, you know, I think if we take a step back and just look at some of the key characteristics of a yield co, which, which makes it such an attractive investment in the current environment, I think first of all, it, it, provides, it provides investors and the broader public uh, access to to an asset class which, you know, in ordinary case, <coughs> course of business would not be available to them to invest in. You know, these online companies are privately held projects. Which require large large investments up front, and the ordinary man on the street would otherwise not be able to to invest in these these type of uh, attractive companies. Having a, a listed yield co uh, provides the man on the street with with actual entry point into that, which we think is, is something that will be very interesting to to a broad base of investors. And you know, some of the some of the key attractions. Uh, Includes also the the steady steady income characteristic, as Ziad said, you know that is delivered from from these underlying energy plants and infrastructure assets. Predictability, you know, is something that should be of interest to to investors looking for for stable returns. I think one of the other key things is the environmental, social, and governance benefits that, that typically comes with these underlying project companies that own these plants. Um, you know, specifically in South Africa. Uh, there's a program, you know, the program that was designed where these underlying project companies um, participated in it. There is very strict requirements and key requirements for, for these ESG policies, which in the current environment, there's a lot of focus on ESG and, you know, having an entry point into those ESG companies is something that, that should be of interest as well. Uh, the other key benefit that that is delivered by, by these underlying project companies is a fairly good level of uh, inflation and interest rate protection just purely on the way that the underlying contracts with uh, governments or users of the electricity or buyers of the electricity is negotiated. Uh, there is uh, protection in the current uncertain environment of where interest rates are going and where inflation is going and something of interest. I think the last point that, that is of interest is, is early mover advantage. You know, uh, Ravigo provides uh, the investor with entry point into a sector which you know, just looking at where globally things are going for for reITs and, and ESG and renewable energy you know it, it will be a, a first purely focused REIT in, in South Africa um, so providing the South African investors with with that early entry point into into this asset class would be of interest from a returns perspective I'll hand over to uh, Jared just to talk you through some of the key aspects of Rovigo and and why he thinks it's attractive in the broader um, spectrum
3: of where we are. Yeah, thanks for that, Manas. Uh, so under Ravigo, in terms of the returns, I mean, the initial dividend yield that we are targeting is between nine and 10%. And I think uh, the contrast of that to what else is happening on the JSC and other investment assets and classes is pretty important. So just to give you the, the high level uh, comparatives, the Satrix Divi is yielding about 4.5% at this point in time so we feel we've got a, a very well-matched uh, yield on these this portfolio of assets. I think some of the other asset classes which, which we can just have a quick discussion with and uh, I think they all come with various levels of, of associated risk but property for example uh, has higher yields on the face of it. Obviously there are, as I mentioned before there are a, a different risk profile to a large portion of, of those assets and then through the rest of the listed uh, companies on the JSC we've seen significant restrictions and cancellations of dividends. And obviously, obviously where you are uh, seeing yields on screens, those aren't actually paid often and often are deferred for, for at least a period of, of six to 12 months. Um, and I think what, what sets Revigo aside is obviously your uh, inflation protection, as was mentioned earlier. It's relatively um, liquid versus the other inflation protection products, which need huge tech sizes and, and often trade by appointment often. Um, and then the last asset class just to consider is is obviously a, uh, the government bonds. We feel that uh, with uh, with a lot of the yields being secured by government uh, on on the on the payouts. Uh, post-Descom. We, we think that is a, a, a genuine uh, good proxy. The 10-year on the government at this stage is, is trading at about 8.5% and then going to a 20-year view forward, it's around about 11%. So in in, in direct contrast to that, the uh, Revigo portfolio's IRR is roughly around uh, 11%. And, and obviously with the other benefits of ESG uh, and the likes, so we, we, we certainly feel that that is well within the, the, the framework of what institutions and uh, retail investors are looking. For.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jared. Uh, and staying with you, Jared, we know that uh, Revigo is uh, planning to list uh, on the stock exchange. And uh, who are your target investors uh, for a company, a Yield Co, such as Revigo? Uh, I mean, are we talking about institutional investors, pension funds, or, or are we talking about the person in the street, speculators? Where, where do you see the target investors uh, for this uh, company?
3: Yeah, so I think the, the asset classes itself as a yield co, as well as the, the income that this asset is going to deliver, the, I guess, compounding nature of that, and, and also the, the equity nature of the investment does appeal to a vast uh, array of different instit- institutions and retail investors. So within the institutional landscape, I mean, we're certainly ex- anticipating the initial interest will come from the institutions, particularly at IPO. And we are looking at multi-asset class funds, balanced funds to some extent, which, obviously, do need the income protection. Pension funds, uh, which, which obviously have uh, a large pull on, on 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 cash flows, and I think what is what we are certainly seeing at this point in time. Time is a strong focus on the environmental, the social and the government's aspects of investors and investors within the overall uh, allocation suite, whether that be multi or, or balanced funds. So I think within all of that, we, we will find good interest. Uh, and then, of course, as the stock trades on the JSC, we would anticipate a lot of retail investors coming into the shares from that basis. But uh, primarily, we think that there is, within the institutional aspect. Class, there is a whole host and diversity of uh, subsets which, which this will fit into quite nicely.
0: Uh, thanks, uh, Jared. Uh, and now, uh, moving back to you, Ziad, um, tell us what role does the environment, social, and governance factor play in an investment fund such as Revigo? And if you can perhaps talk about uh, the specific mandates or indices that are required by you as a fund manager. Uh, for these environment, social, and governance factors?
1: Yeah, Chris, I mean, the ESG or environmental, social, and governance uh, factors is very important for us. I mean, within South Africa, if you look at it, you know, there are limited opportunities for investors to invest in, in yield codes, firstly, uh, and, and pure play ESG, environmental, social, governance type investments. Um, and, and we provide both as Ravigo. Um, You know, we've seen a a substantial increase in in the interest in ESG uh, investment globally, and and we're starting to see a lot of that in South Africa as well. Um, There are a number of studies that show that companies with strong ESG environmental, social and governance fundamentals outperform uh, traditional companies. So, you know, so from that perspective, uh, the, the spotlight is really on ESG investment at the moment. And then number of ESG indices uh, that have been established recently. Uh, So larger investors are assigned to divert their capital away from companies with low ESG ratings. And all of this is resulting in a a lot of increase in products uh, being offered from active funds, EFTs, exchange ETFs, exchange traded funds, and obviously tracker funds as well. In, In South Africa specifically, Uh, The JSE has the FTSE JSE Responsible Investment Indices, uh, and there are two of them, Um, the FTSE JSE Responsible Investment Index and the FTSE JSE Responsible um, Investment Top 30 Index, uh, of which obviously Rovigo would be uh, eligible once it's listed on the JSE. Uh, Manus can can add further colour to the ESG factor play, uh, but as Riga, we feel that we we very strongly bring uh, an investment class uh, instrument into the JSE
2: and into South Africa that really meets this criteria. Yeah, Ziad. I think you you put it quite eloquently there. You know, from an industry perspective, we we're seeing even in South Africa, um, you know, interest is is picking up, and following the trend offshore and, and in other jurisdictions. And we've seen uh, from a JSE perspective, um, you know, definitely there's a, a focus on providing opportunities to investors who would really like to participate in in, uh, in investment case of companies that is doing good for their. Environment and, and the, the communities. The Revigo, as you mentioned, will will be eligible. Uh, you know, we do believe that, from a overall ESG rating perspective, where you know uh, these JSE and the various indices actually look at various um, points, various disclosures um, that that is made by the companies to come up with a with a rating. You know, and indications are that that. Viga would would be highly rated just uh, just based on on um, you know these type of points that these indices look at. So we're hoping to get in- included in these indices after listing, which would increase uh, appetite. We think uh, you know as Ziad mentioned, there's there's tracker funds that that tracks ESG companies, that tracks indices and ESG and a dividend um, tracker. So. Uh, yeah, we, we think it, it would be a good story for, for the South African investor who is looking looking to, to get into ESG-type investing.
0: Many thanks for listening to this, the fourth and last in the series of podcasts brought to you by the Revigo Africa Energy Fund. And many thanks to our panel today. Jarrett helden Hayes, Head of South African Equity Capital Markets at Investec Bank. Marnus Tablanche. Corporate Finance Consultant at Investec Bank and Ziad Sarang, the Chief Financial Officer of Revigo Fund Managers. It's been a real pleasure for me, Chris Yelland, Energy Analyst and Managing Director at EE Business Intelligence, to be your host and moderator of this podcast series. It's certainly been a great learning experience for me on the new investment opportunities in the renewable energy sector of sub-Saharan Africa, and I hope it's been for you too. To listen to all the episodes in this series, please visit the Revigo website at www.revigoenergy.com or www.revigo.co.za. The views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Revigo Africa Energy Fund or Revigo Africa Energy Limited and do not constitute financial or other advice. Revigo Fund Managers is an authorized financial service provider.